0: Life Audio. You are listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we're dedicated to helping moms pray God's Word for their children in the areas they need it most. I'm your host, Brooke McLaughlin. Over the last decade, I've helped thousands of moms make prayer a priority for their families. My mission is to help you do the same. Prayer is not a last resort. It's our first and best response to the challenges of parenting, a partnership for the hearts of our children that God invites us into. Today, I'm sharing a bonus podcast episode with you. It's actually one entire podcast from my friend Rachel Wojo from her podcast, Untangling Life. I have known Rachel for years, and I know you're going to love her heart. I hope you'll take the time to get to know her and even follow her podcast. There's a link to it in today's show notes. I think you'll find that Rachel and I share some of the same passions and desire for the heart of God, so don't miss out. Today, she's going to share seven ways to pray for your children for seven days, and I know you're going to love it. We'll be back with a new episode of Everyday Prayers with Million Praying Moms on Monday, February 6th. After this short word from our sponsors, we'll hear from Rachel Wojo. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Unfortunately, we live in a world where difficulties, abuse, and even betrayal happens on a daily basis. This Bible verse is perfect to pray for your children and yourself. Having walked through her own story of betrayal, author Jennifer Lynn Heck knows firsthand the importance of this prayer. She writes about it in her book, Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace, available on Amazon. In the book, she shares what can happen when we become vulnerable and how God enables us to victoriously overcome. Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace is written as the story of Victoria Grace, a young woman born with a crippling physical disability who experiences betrayal but overcomes and receives the healing only God can give. It's designed with beautiful full-color pages and Bible passages are creatively interwoven into the story. Discover how you and your family can use what Jennifer calls the word-activated response strategy in prayer to defeat Satan's deception and attacks and receive hope and encouragement in your own fiery trials. Get your copy of Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace now on Amazon.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Untangling Life Podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm so glad you're listening in today. We are looking at all the ways to pray for our children. Oh, mercy. And we have a full house here. As some of you may be listening for the first time, we have five children at home, my husband and I. Our oldest at home is 21 and our youngest at home is 12. The others span ages 19, almost 18, 14, and 12. And it's a busy happening household, as you can imagine. So we are geared up. Everyone is on a schedule change with the exception of our 21-year-old. And we have one leaving for college, two starting school, one starting a new job, and God is gracious. So when I talk about prayer, I am very intentional to pray for my children at times. And then this summer, I think the train has gotten away from me just a little bit There is a verse in Luke 628 that says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. And that's what it says in the New Living Translation. In the NIV, Luke 628 says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you in the NIV. And then in the ESV, it says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. So I think those three word choices are so interesting in those translations on the part about prayer, because um, our children can hurt us, they can mistreat us. And then I know there are cases of parent abuse, as well as just feeling like your children are abusing you. And I think that the the wording of these three translations shed a little bit of a different light on those we pray for. When our kiddos are young and they're consistently disobeying, <laughs> it can hurt us as a parent. And they hurt our hearts as teenagers and adults as well. The hurt runs differently, though. It can be easy to feel mistreated when your kids are disrespectful, and then when you're you have grown children. It just seems like there isn't really a respect at the level that you'd like when they're not listening to what you have to say, even though it may not even be our place to say it. So regardless, no matter the child, no matter the circumstance, there is one thing that I know we are to pray to help us remember That sometimes our praise for our kids begins with prayer, and sometimes our prayer (laughs) for our kids begins with praise. Today, I wanted to give you an acrostic for seven ways to pray for your children for seven days, and I'm using the word petition, P-E-T-I-T-I-O-N, petition. So seven letters in, in that word. And a bonus letter as well. but number one for P day one, pray first to confess your own sin and not your child's. and I think that James 5:16 explains to us to confess our sins one to another and pray for one another so that we can experience healing. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. For me, this means that when I've made a mistake, I don't want to be afraid to admit it. My children respect me more when I go to them and say that I'm sorry, whether it's for losing my temper or um, rushing into something. I've set the example for them when I show humility. And if I make a mistake, I want to admit it. On day two, You could pray the E, which is earnestly seek God for his answer about an issue. And Proverbs 3, 6 in the NLT says, seek his way in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Praise the Lord for that mercy. As the parent, sometimes what I want doesn't line up with God's plan. I just have to admit that. Sometimes circumstances are different than what I would prefer, and I need to be close enough to the Lord that I recognize the difference between my plan for my kids and God's plan for my kids. And so, P is pray first, E is earnestly seek, and then the T in petition for day three is take time to pray for your child in place of worry. It's so easy to worry all the time about our kids. At least it is for me. Because first we think about a problem, then we think about it some more, and pretty soon we have ourselves all worked up in a flurry before we even know it. So in place of worrying for my kids, I want to remember to stop and pray. Matthew 6.27 says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And so that would be whether it's my life or my child's life. Worrying about them will not add any benefit to their life. So remembering that to take time to pray in place of worry. That's for day three. Day four, implore to God on behalf of your child. One of the definitions of the word implore is to get down on your knees and I think that's why I chose that word here, because our very posture during prayer can often reveal how important the prayer matter is. And I, I know there are people who cannot physically get down on their knees, but I think a, a posture or position of humility and bowing our head and leaning over onto our knees can also be humbling and ask God To really work in the life of your child. Psalm 5 2 says, Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. So, day one is pray first to confess your own sin. Day two is earnestly seek God for his answer. Day three is take time to pray in place of worry. Day four, implore to God on behalf of your child. And now day five, just tea for the petition, tarry in your prayer? Sometimes I pray popcorn prayers that just pop out and I don't really revisit it. I love that in Psalm eighty-eight, thirteen, David told God he wasn't going to stop praying for the problem. He says, Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. Psalm eighty-eight, thirteen, in the New Living Translation. Maybe this is the day to set aside time to pray until you have fully emptied your heart without anything re- remaining. Just emptying it completely and then tell God you'll be back again tomorrow. Speaking of reminders, that is one great way that you can pray for someone. I have a reminder set on my phone to pray for my husband at 11 a.m. every day. That little reminder goes off, and I take that moment just to pray for him specifically. Um, I, I have a lot of kids, so I have not done that for each one of my kiddos, but I do pray for them collectively in the mornings. I just think having that reminder or set time to pray for our kids is important. And in this case, day five, we are going to tarry, meaning just keep on praying. As the psalmist said, keep on pleading day by day. And then day six, investigate. I is investigate. Investigate your child's feelings and pray over them. There are feelings that my children have that I cannot understand, and I cannot explain them. Feelings are not something that can always be explained, but it doesn't make them less real. And so today, I'm daring myself and I'm daring you to ask your child how they feel about a problem without correcting or instructing, but just simply listening. I really am trying to get better at that. I don't know if my kids know it or not. But I am working on that. And so, taking your child's burdens then, after you have listened and praying over them, is so important. In Galatians 6 2, Paul reminds us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so, it doesn't mean that we have to understand or be able to explain those burdens, we just have to know what they are. And then, day seven, Observe any changes you see and thank God for them. What if you don't see any changes yet? I've had people email me and say, Rachel, I'm trying so hard to praise my child and pray for my child, but I'm just not seeing any change. I think one of the ways that I pray when I'm I'm not seeing a change that I really believe is needed, then I just thank God that I can trust him to take care of my child because he loves my children even more than I do. His word promises this. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the scripture says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thank God for his will. Thank God that he can be trusted no matter what the circumstances are. And then the bonus for the word petition, as we've gone through each letter, the bonus letter in is never give up on praying for your child. Mark 11 24 tells us, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I think that praying for children is such a beautiful way to minister to them. It's a beautiful way to enjoy Um, the gifts that God has given us through them. And we trust the Lord for eternal salvation. Let's work on trusting him with everyday solutions. And those solutions would be praying for our children, no matter their age or stage in life. But I just wanted to close with a prayer for all of you today. Lord, each parent listening to this podcast. I pray that as we embrace praying for our children this season, Lord, that you would work in a mighty way in our hearts, that we would not just parent them, but we would parent them with your love. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening in today. Until next time, God sees you and knows your need.
0: Or go to joshuafund.com to listen and subscribe.